Hello and welcome to Kane and Rent Sound of Play 62. Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favorite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. Joining me, Ryan Heyman, in Sound of Play 62 is James Carter. Hello! Hey, hey. So we heard a little bit of Splatoon music coming into this. That was Sucker Punch by Toru Minigishi and Shiho Fuji. And uh, yeah, that is a, that's a strange soundtrack there. Parts of it have a little bit of a indie rock and ska type of feel to it. Some of it has a bit of a reggae tinge. Some of it is a little bit more kind of EDM in nature. Uh, James, do you have any experience listening to the Splatoon music? Is it something that you've enjoyed in the past? Uh, I've, I've not played Splatoon at all, but I've caught mm-hmm. bits and pieces of the soundtrack just because it's been so lauded, I guess. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and I think part of the reason, you're absolutely right, Ska and sort of um, late 90s era pop punk type stuff almost um, mm-hmm. would be what I'd, I'd point to. But uh, I think it's partly so popular because of its touchstones in, in games back to kind of maybe... Tony Hawk era um, type stuff and uh, Crazy Taxi, um, that those sort of soundtracks that again they probably came from uh, from the the Sega games uh, back in at that sort of time, that sort of mid to late nineties, where they had lots of that kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, 
the music more than the game has reached me with Splatoon and that track certainly set us off on exactly that tone. That was lovely. There is a certain kind of Sega flavor to Splatoon and I don't even really know <laughs> how to describe it. No. But there's something about the character designs that feel a little Sonic or a little Knights. Definitely. And yeah. uh, the color scheme wouldn't have been completely out of place on the Dreamcast. Um, I don't know, something about it. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's an unusual one. And we did talk a little bit about Splatoon during our recent, um, just this last Sunday's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Kane and Rince issue. I thought you were about so, to say um, Alien Isolation. <laughs> I was wondering how that came up. <laughs> no, that, that oh, does gosh, make a lot of sense. there has to be sense. some sort of in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that does make a, uh, well, Alien Isolation also being a Sega game, mm-hmm. well, the Alien mm, franchise yeah. being Sega. But, um, but yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense with Tony Hawk. It, it definitely, uh, there was a lot of kind of that kind of vibe around the game when it was, when it was released. Yeah, and, and particularly, you know, Tony Hawk had a, very prominent and this is all kind of rehash of the tony hawk <laughs> issue so excuse me for that but it had a very prominent uh, capturing the territory and dying at your color mode sure so, yeah, uh, yeah i've always thought that it was kind of a prototype to or at least inspired some of mm. what um splatoon ended up becoming but i guess i'll never know <laughs> unless i get to talk to some of those designers myself But anyways, uh, let's just go ahead and hop right into our next track here. You're bringing us something very recent within the last month. Is that still correct at this Uh, point in time? Maybe not. I can't quite remember release date. I want to say it might have been end of of August, but yeah, we're around Mm -hmm. there. Uh, All all three of my picks today are are very recent um, for no other reason than I've been playing some recent games and the music just struck me Uh, in in this Mm -hmm. case. Uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided obviously leans a lot on the uh, the tone set by previous games and the music uh, partly because it's composed by similar people but partly because it wants to evoke human revolutions um, very iconic I would say uh, Icarus theme uh, and this mm-hmm. track does that which is why it was on a, a, a soundtrack promo sampler I guess and it was uh, parts of it used in uh, some of the trailers for the game as well. Uh, it just it's it kind of typifies that what you want from a cyberpunk soundtrack, which is is what the Deus Ex music certainly for Human Revolution and for Mankind mm-hmm. Divided did so well uh, in kind of blending different types of music, but always having that kind mm-hmm. of electronic synthesized. Um, ambient aspect to it and uh, this track kind of runs the gamut on going from that kind of more ambient sound to to ramping up and building up the tension as it goes through which is uh, which is really quite cool I thought. Now is this the theme song from the game or is this uh, kind of action music that you would hear during gameplay? Uh, It's it's probably as close to what you would count as a, a theme song from the game um it, okay. th- they have separate tracks on the soundtrack for uh kind of background music for a place and then action music mm-hmm. for that same place if if you get spotted and get into combat so they have separate combat tracks for the places but so this this kind of uh to me was a a nice summary if you like or a nice sort of composition that represented the different styles of music that would play at different times of the of the game Yes, so this is Embrace What You Have Become by Michael McCann.
Alright, our next track is a request from the forum. This comes from Follow My Ruin, who says, I've been playing through Tearaway Unfolded for the first time. I'm a little embarrassed it took this long. Tearaway is one of those few games that have caused me to radiate happiness and, in some cases, belly laugh. Not just through gimmickry, but in its music too. Kenneth C.M. Young and Brian Oliveira were nominated for a Best Original Music BAFTA for their work here. Renaissance Hop is my favorite. It hilariously sets the wub-wub of dubstep against the blattering whine of a short pipe. Within the game, you are able to speed up or slow down the music by rotating the vinyl. It's yet another example of Media Molecule using great level and sound design to engage the player. Uh, yeah, I've had the opportunity to play both the Vita version and the PS4 version of this game in the past, mm. and uh, they're quite different from one another. So if you oh, have good. played mm. one version in the past, then uh, you know don't hesitate hopping on the other one mm. if it's uh, something that interests you, because more than anything else, Tearaway is kind of an exhibition of the various features of whatever console or handheld it's put upon. Like mm. it, it does a really good job of taking advantage of all of the gimmicky quirks of the uh, hardware. Yeah, all the different hardware features and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I played it on Vita uh, when it came out, and mm. it very much felt like a kind of, uh, in the way that Sony do with, with especially with their handhelds, but with their consoles, mm-hmm. they, they try to make sure that whatever the features are for it, and actually Nintendo do this as well, whatever the feature of the console is, make sure you've got a game that displays all of that in the way that Knack did for the PS4. Um, <laughs> although that all being pretty much with graphical prowess. But um, mm. but with, with Tearaway, it seemed so integral to what was on the Vita that I actually stayed away from the PlayStation 4 version. But mm. it sounds like, sounds like I should check that out because I, I loved the, the original Vita version. Yeah, I don't think that the PS4 version holds up quite as nicely as the mm. Vita version. I think the Vita version's a little bit more... Uh, elegant a package but Mm. it is still a lovely experience it has some wonderful music it has some really clever interactions and uh, clever use of the ps4 controller especially and a little bit of the ps4 camera but um, my favorite feature of the playstation 4 version is it's a smartphone functionality that if you have somebody else that's just sitting there watching on the couch then they can connect their smartphone using the PlayStation app and can take pictures in real life and then send those photos into the game. And basically (laughs) like for the next 10 seconds, everything that your character touches will be plastered with that picture. The textures, yeah. And so the ground, yeah. yeah, Just (laughs) retextured with your friend's silly face all over the place. And it turns into a real, uh, real strange situation real quickly. Nightmarish environment, depending upon the friend and the face, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So that's that's really fun. We've we've talked about Tearaway on the Kane and Rinse podcast in issue 138. If you want a little bit more background on, on that particular game, and, uh, you know, I'll say that the the soundtrack for the PS4 version, I'm not, I don't know how much new content there is on that soundtrack or whether it's mm-hmm. mostly carryovers from the first game, but I know that there are at least a few remix tracks. I, I'd say most of them are, I like better on the PS4 version, but mm-hmm. a couple of them, like one of my real standouts from the Vita soundtrack was the uh, the pig riding song. And they did a remix of that on the PlayStation 4 version that I feel is uh, kind of a step down from the original version, mm. which is a bit too bad. But otherwise, I think that, you know, the the work of um, of the composers for uh, for this 
particular soundtrack have been pretty unrivaled. I, I really like the work that they've done. And it's one that I'll throw on whenever I'm studying or something. It's a good background music. So this is Renaissance Hop Record Scratching Tune by Kenneth Young from Tearaway. And we are moving into another very recent game. I'm bringing you a song called Perilous Poisons, and this is from Picross 3D Round 2. Ever since I played the uh, the, the Legend of Zelda Picross game that they gave away for free on, uh, not Club Nintendo, my Nintendo is it called now? <laughs> I should probably know these things. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been getting really into Picross because I've just like really enjoyed that kind of puzzle solving, mm. and I've seen on Twitter uh, quite a few people have been <laughs> kind of following that series recently as well, possibly yeah. kind of inspired by the same starting point. And recently, they put out a uh, sequel to Picross 3D for the DS. Um, this one for the 3DS called Picross 3D Round Two, which uh, feels a bit expensive for a kind of a simple puzzle game but it is jam-packed with content and so i ended up um, picking it up and i've been loving the soundtrack of anything i mean it has to be good because you're going to be listening to a lot of it Mm. you know it is just a puzzle game without very many other sounds to uh to back it up and certainly no dialogue and so it's uh, music is going to be kind of front and center 
in your experience because the other thing to do with a straight lace puzzle game where you've got several hundred puzzles uh to, to tackle is to put on something like you know they do for shop music on the consoles something really mm-hmm. uh in sort of innocuous background music elevator music if you like yeah but as you say the other way to do that is to actually just put some really good music on there that you're not going to mind listening to yeah which is which is really nice to see the uh the puzzles in this game are kind of broken up into books mm-hmm. and each book has uh you know four to five different puzzles to solve and each book has a different song but there aren't as many songs as there are books in the game and so you will hear the same songs uh again and again from time to time but there are enough songs and there are and of enough books to keep you from uh you're not encountering the same song over and over and over again once you leave the book but you do hear the same song throughout the book and Mm -hmm. so for as much as the song loops I haven't really gotten sick of any of the music yet, mm-hmm. which is kind of uh, kind of amazing. But I had two tracks in particular that stood out to me. Um, this one that I'm going to feature is in a book of puzzles called Perilous Poisons that features a whole bunch of uh, poison-themed puzzles. Uh, so you got like a snake and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, dangerous type stuff. And it has a little <laughs> bit of a... A mischievous vibe to it. It reminds me of like a like a Studio Ghibli type song or something like that. It, it's got a real kind of lush composition, especially for something that's going to be playing out of uh, the speakers of a handheld device. A real fun, bouncy personality to it with a little bit of like fun, sinister element. Uh, this is Perilous Poisons, and it's it's hard to track down the composer of this particular song because there's not a lot of information, even when I've hunted it down, listed on the internet. Um, I've not beaten the game, and so I don't have access to any in-game credits if they exist. <laughs> and uh, there's very little information on the on the web about any of the personnel involved. But the first Picross 3D was composed by Yasumasa Yamada, Jun Ishikawa, and Hirozaku Ando. And so it's possible that they return for the second game, but I really... Uh, I really don't know who to accredit this track to, so apologies for that. Uh, but one more thing that I wanted to draw attention to before kicking you over to the track was uh, this is a bit of an amusing um, note left by one of the YouTube commenters on the YouTube page where this track is featured because I don't believe the soundtrack has been released individually yet, so YouTube's really the best place to listen to it. Uh, but he says... Is it just me, or do some parts of the song sound like Gangsta's Paradise? And I, I don't hear it myself, but if anybody does, I would be very curious to know where he's coming from with this one. So we'll go ahead and kick you on over to Perilous Poisons, possibly by Yasumasa Yamada, Jun Ishikawa, or Hirozako Endo from Picross 3D Round 2.
it's like those those rumors that uh, Michael Jackson composed the Sonic 3 soundtrack. Maybe Coolio <laughs> did a bit of the Picross 3D Round 2 soundtrack. That, that's so, Gangster's Paradise is such... <laughs> you wouldn't mistake that, would you? So if you, if you listen to it and can't hear it, you must... You know, it's just... What are they thinking to draw that comparison? <laughs> it's it's so uh, unmistakable uh, a a tune that yeah that's it's just bizarre that they would make that comparison. I didn't hear it either, but uh, as you say, hey, if if someone else does, maybe they could get in touch and let us know what the similarities yeah. are. Yeah, well, that's the kind of tune the little homies want to be like. <laughs> so, James, you're also bringing us another 2016 classic. They're, they're all 2016s for me, uh, and I am kind of giddy like a child at the fact that no one else put anything from this game on uh, before I got to be back on again uh, as I was playing it back in uh, June, July, June, July, mm-hmm. sometime around there, summer anyway. Um, I, I was thinking I, I so desperately want to talk about this uh, soundtrack, uh, and I'm not sure I'll get the chance to because obviously we don't want to repeat ourselves or, or inundate the listeners with too many tracks from the same uh, the same game on multiple episodes in succession but uh, I've I've luckily been the first to bring a, a track mm-hmm. from No Man's Sky and the reason I wanted to is that um, 65 Days of Static are a band that I have been uh, in love with in no uncertain terms for uh, a decade now since uh, a friend that I was working with then who I'm now working with again as it, as it happens had a spare ticket and invited me along uh, to, to see them and I have never seen a live show like that in this sort of grimy little rock club in in Birmingham. The sound that was created from these guys, just with pure instrumental uh, soundscape type music, um, the fact that it's kind of got aspects of progressive rock and math rock and and stuff like that just appeals to, to my... Mm-hmm. Uh, geeked them even more as it were uh, yeah so I, I followed 65 Days of Static massively over the years as they've expanded and changed uh, musically uh, and uh, in 2011 they did a, a, a live uh, production of uh, a live reproduction or, or re-soundtracking of Silent Runnings uh, the film mm. and that was then put out on record and that was kind of their first foray into soundtracking and then uh, to see them uh, be announced as the band that were going to do the soundtrack for No Man's Sky, a game that I was looking forward to immensely. It just added extra uh, enjoyment or anticipation onto this game coming out. The notion that I'd get a, an entirely new 65 Days of Static album in in with the bargain. Hmm. Uh, and it really didn't disappoint at all. The soundtrack is one of the best things I've heard uh, in a long, long time. Not just in games, in music, uh, it's it's absolutely astounding. It's one of my favorite uh, mm. favorite soundtracks. I've got to say, uh, and like Amon Tobin's soundtrack on Splinter Cell: Chaos Theory, it's lovely to have that kind of um, new album from an artist you you love, and also yeah. have it be in a game that you're you're looking forward to and, and end up enjoying. So, um, this track, Monolith, is. Uh, a bit like the the choice I had for Deus Ex Mankind Divided, uh, it's kind of if I had to pick one track out to be the typical track from the soundtrack, it it spans the journey through the game uh, in many ways for me from that kind of 
that opening where you're lost, you don't really know what's happening. And then as you explore and find out, discover what's going on, and then hop into a ship and end up sort of rocketing out into into space. And the thrill that comes with that, this this track encompasses all of those emotions and takes you on a bit of a kind of journey, uh, hmm. you know, a, a microcosm of what the game represents, uh, which is why th- this track w- was used in uh, in one of the trailers. I just think it, it did a wonderful job of capturing that 60s era s- mm. wonder of science fiction uh, with the kind of synth music and, you know, um, that 2001 A Space Odyssey, one of my favorite films, um, that kind of era of science fiction where it was the wonder of it all, but also the uh, the, the ponderous nature of, of what is our place, what does it all mean type, uh, type stuff. Uh, in science fiction is just it's magnificent and and to have a soundtrack yeah. that so wonderfully represents that just added all of that into a game that may have had it without it but it it just added so much to to my experience with that game yeah i got off on a bit of a in a post-rock craze for a bit of a while because I, I've i been really into Coheed and Cambria for a very long time. Me too, as, yeah. <laughs> as, you know, friends and even listeners of the podcast will, will know, I've mentioned in the past, but uh, they put out a track on not, not their worst album, now their second worst album, <laughs> uh, You're the Black Rainbow, which even though I don't care for the album, I think the mm. track is probably one of the best things that they've ever done, the title track, The Black Rainbow. And it was mm. just so different than anything else they'd ever put out in the past. It had such a unique sound and it had such like a a really kind of gripping intelligence and emotionality to it. Mm. It, it was so like kind of enrapturing to me that I, mm. I just had not ever heard anything like it. And so I kind of got to Googling and, you know, kind of punched in. I, I You don't even really know where to start to find mm. similar types of music and so i just try to like describe the feelings describe the sound (laughs) describe you know just whatever i can and uh eventually i kind of stumbled upon because i hadn't really been introduced to this in the past but this entire genre of post-rock of uh of mogwai and russian circles and uh, these great bands that i just hadn't encountered before Mm. and i just you know took it all in and have been really enjoying that type of music ever since. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how the No Man's Sky soundtrack struck me. And I think that it's a really wondrous you know, piece of music all throughout. Uh, mm. I've really been enjoying it, even though I've not had the chance to sit down with the game itself. So I haven't seen it <laughs> in context of the game yet. But um, just as a piece of music, yeah. um, I'm definitely interested in it and uh, definitely interested in checking out more of uh, 65 Days of Static off the back of your recommendation. Yeah. You said they rescored Silent Running. You'll have to remind me what that is because all I can think of is the Jamaican pop sled <laughs> movie. Cool Runnings. <laughs> cool Runnings, um, that's so, it. What so is Silent Runnings? <laughs> Silent Runnings is, uh, again, it goes back to 60s era sci-fi, mm. uh, really. Okay. Again, just, just made it so so fitting. Uh, it, w- it was um, so fitting that they should then be asked to to score No Man's Sky that they did this. So um, yeah, originally cool. the, the soundtrack had a lot of uh, bassoon in it. So Peter, I don't know how to pronounce his surname, Peter Shikeli, I think it is, did the original uh, soundtrack. And um, and it's, it's a, 
a wonderful soundtrack in and of itself. Um, but the the Scottish um, Film Institute. Uh, you can call it the Macbeth Institute. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, they um, they contracted six five days of static to uh, to do a live performance over the top of a, a showing of the film. So instead of having an orchestra there doing the soundtrack, they they actually got a band to to do their own hmm. soundtrack and, and redo something which uh, I, I never saw but they then uh, they then crowdfunded uh, the money to r- record and put the album out um, put that soundtrack out as an album afterwards it's it just completely fitting that then a couple of years later they were announced as the the band that were doing the soundtrack for this so um, cool. I, I'd certainly recommend uh, checking that soundtrack out um, I'm not aware of any way to listen to it over the film. I think you would have to mm. sort of sync up your DVD player and uh, mm. and say your your uh, iPod or MP3 player or whatever uh, to try and do that. Uh, unfortunately, uh, because as I say, it was just done for a, a live performance. So um, so I don't believe there's any way to do that otherwise. But it's funny you should mention Coheed and Cambria because they were a band that I was listening to at the very same time uh, that I, I first heard of 65 Days of Static, which was back around volume... So uh, Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 1 would have yeah, already yeah, been out. magnificent stuff. So, so they were in the middle of that five-album story. Um, and so, yeah, when a track did stand out, it stood out for good reason because those those five albums had a lot of iterative themes and recurrent motifs yeah. and stuff like that uh, and yeah i absolutely agree year of the black rainbow the, the standout track being the one that is incredibly different and and with uh so to bring it back to 65 days of static it's similar a lot of their albums feel like because some of the tracks are quite long as well they feel mm-hmm. like they are more soundtrack pieces with recurrent motifs and that kind of thing and so when you do get the odd track like uh, retreat retreat on their uh First, yeah, first album, first album, yeah. Um, it it's it stands out all the more, not because the rest of the album isn't excellent, just because when a band chooses to do something different, um, like with with this soundtrack for No Man's Sky, um, it's just so wonderful when it all comes together uh, and and proves that you know a band has another dimension you didn't know about uh, at all. Yeah, anyways, that is, uh, I'm very interested to check out more by the band, but for now, let's go ahead and uh, drop a monolith by (laughs) 65 Days of Static.
Our next track is a request from Twitter coming from Angry Zeus Gaming. Ain't no need to be angry, mate. If you need to talk about it, we're here for you. <laughs> but uh, this is Title Theme by Tim Fallon from Ken Griffey Jr. Presents Major League Baseball back on the Super Nintendo. And uh, yeah, this, one's, uh, this one's definitely a fun track. It's very kind of bouncy and light. It keeps things uh, pretty mixed up throughout the entire track. I mean, <laughs> I don't mean to say that it is mixed up in any negative way. I mean that it, it mixes things up and it keeps things from getting stale. It, it's always doing something new, um, which is fun. Maybe I have a bit of a hometown bias for this one because um, Ken Griffey Jr.'s fame was uh, kind of on the back of him being on a part of the Seattle baseball team, which is where I currently live and have for the past few years. And so, you know, that's that's kind of fun. Not that I particularly follow our baseball team um, (laughs) or anything like that, which has always been a bit of a bugbear of mine. People support their local uh, sports teams which fine, it's it's convenient. But if you think about it, every single football team in the entire country has not negatively impacted my life in any way, except for my home team. You know, I've never gotten in like Green Bay Packers induced traffic backups, but I have gotten in Seahawks traffic backups. And the Mariners have closed down off ramps and so if anything, like I should have more reason to dislike my home team than any other team. So uh, I don't know. I, I find sports a bit baffling in general. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I don't want to bring anyone down from enjoying something that they like, but it just feels to me like, uh, like pick any team other than your home team. <laughs> oh, well, uh, James, do you have any particular notes about this song? It's just classic SNES era light breezy joyful um Mm -hmm. kind of music um the sort of which uh now makes up a term of retro music or you know uh sort of typical 16-bit music which is so harsh to say because there's a lot of craft gone into that but uh with this it it just takes me even though i haven't played the game straight back to that era of my life you know it puts me right back there with uh for me it would be um you know uh sensible soccer or something like that would be the equivalent Uh, game that I would have played on the Super Nintendo. So uh, this is the title theme from Ken Griffey Jr. Presents Major League Baseball, composed by Tim Fallon. And we should note that uh, usually we read the correspondence that the individual submits along with the song. Uh, We're not trying to ignore Angry Zeus Gaming, but uh, from our notes here anyways, it it looks like he didn't, or he or she, um, did not submit any uh, written correspondence with the track, which is totally fine as well. We are very happy to play the song and talk about it ourselves, but uh, just so it doesn't sound like we are uh, ignoring Angry Zeus because we really don't need any more gods angry at us at this point.
so, just a few Sounds of Play back. If I remember correctly, it would have been Sound of Play 58. Uh, back when we had uh, Major Third on the show, uh, we played another track by Austin Wintery. And uh, we are coming back with a more recent Austin Wintery track. James, you want to bring us into this one? Uh, shockingly, a 2016 game from me. Austin Wintry, I, I, I don't know that I can say any more. Uh, other people on this podcast and outside of it uh, have said far more erudite and wonderful things about the music of Austin Wintry than, than I uh, could ever. But um, the, the, the game, uh, I think, struck a lot of people. Abzu, I'm, I'm talking about, struck a lot of people in terms of uh, its visual flair uh, coming from Giant Squid Studios, um, coming from people who had made uh journey and flower um and to to know that austin wintry was involved again was it was kind of perfect for for abzu for the game it looked to be um and playing through that game um i I know it wasn't entirely overwhelmingly positively received but for me it's been one of the best games uh, Mm. one of my favorite games uh, of this year uh hands down there's no competition from the moment you you sort of uh jump out of the ocean for the first time and start swimming around on the, on this underwater journey it felt like journey underwater uh yeah. but without feeling like a, a cookie cutter copy or a pale imitation of of that it felt like its own thing but very much evoked uh, a lot of the same feelings for me being underwater obviously uh in games not always a a a good thing or not always an enjoyable aspect often underwater levels are just the <laughs> level they have to do and you know the physics changes etc and it, it, it becomes less enjoyable perhaps uh but with abzu the feeling of uh being this uh person swimming around with these otherworldly creatures and exploring and uh helping them and working out what's going on in this vast sort of world beneath the uh, the waves was revelatory for me it, it's so relaxing but equally so uh uplifting and eye-opening to use hy- hyperbole without backing it up but this is not the abzu show so uh, we'll get to that if we ever do abzu i'm sure um and and the the soundtrack is is uh to my ear a full orchestral score um with uh lots of choral uh vocals over the top um, and a lot of the tracks, uh, as, I've, as I've said, <laughs> with both of my previous tracks, a lot of the tracks um, iterate around a theme in, in very much a similar way to Jessica Curry's soundtrack for Everybody's Gone to Rapture uh, did, where you had that orchestra with the, the sort of uh, choir over the top and very much that style of music, but iterating themes as you go through to, to, uh, to sow the seeds and, and so you can see the threads of the story throughout, throughout the game. Um, and, and this track in particular just caught me. I've listened to it uh, several times today. It just caught me as enticing me back into that, the game and, and the world yeah. and, uh, just beautiful, beautiful music, which as I say, sh- should be no surprise from Austin Wintry. Yeah. This seems like the type of game that I would love to play. There's something kind of magical about the ocean in that it is still, such a like a frontier of scientific discovery like there's so much down there yeah. that yeah. is like undiscovered that is unimaginable almost mm-hmm. especially when you when you see pictures of those real deep sea fishes and you get some <laughs> like real kind of bloodborne metroid type stuff going on down there and it, Definitely, it's yeah, yeah. crazy stuff to think that you know we're all you know curious about 
whether there's life in space and <laughs> whether there's things that, you know, wondrous things that exist beyond our solar system. And, you know, doubtless there is, but there's also so much that is like relatively in our own backyards that we still have no real conceptualization of. Hmm. Um, I've not played the game, so I don't know how much it goes into uh, the different um, ecosystems of of uh, marine life and how weird the experience ends up getting, but uh, <laughs> it, it does look really interesting. And I've always been interested in exploring those spaces. So I think that this music sets up that uh, that feeling of discovery and serenity well. So yes, this is To Know, Water by Austin Wintory. Next track goes back to, um, well, this is a bit, this is a bit awkward. <laughs> um, Darren Gargett and I did a uh, a sound to play special back in and sound to play sixty. It was a two hour special, which instead of nine tracks, we played twenty six songs from the Donkey Kong Country series. And I'm back with another, like even after the whole two hours, <laughs> I wasn't able to get all the Donkey Kong Country love out of my system i did do a bit of a double take when i saw this on the list <laughs> and scrolled back up to check we didn't play yeah. that one last time I, I knew you wouldn't have but and then i listened to it and i understood why you, yeah, you picked yeah. it completely yeah this one's a bit different it's a uh, it's an overclocked remix and so mm. it's not from the donkey kong country soundtrack uh, and so it wouldn't really fit in with what we were doing last time um this one is more uh, it would have kind of broken our stride in a way. Not that it's a bad song. Like I think it's a wonderful song, thus it being featured here today. But it definitely would have kind of thrown the tempo of the uh, of the piece. And we're very kind of meticulous about maintaining some sort of narrative through line as we are uh, composing those longer those longer specials. Uh, but anyways, this is submerged in ambiance by the Distortionist. 
the distortionist. That's not as easy to say as you no, would think. <laughs> uh, and this is, of course, posted on Overclocked Remix, which is a wonderful site full of video game remix songs. If you've not checked it out before, it is highly encouraged. There are some probably up to like 2,500 tracks at this point, all free to download. And, uh, and quite a few of them are very good. <laughs> it's a bit of a, uh, you have to be a bit picky from time to time. Um, there's a lot there, uh, but there is some, some stuff of uh, quite exceptional quality. Uh, but this track in particular is like kind of like a heavy metal type cover of, yeah. uh, of Aquatic Ambiance, the very famous piece composed by David Wise originally, uh, which we did feature on the Sound of Play special. And it's it's interesting because it's uh it's a real kind of hard-hitting guitar. And this this guitar hits like a truck. Like it's mm. a very, very hard-hitting guitar. Um, but it isn't a like a headbanger piece, and it's not like it's hard for me to even call it metal because it definitely doesn't maintain like the same kind of energy that metal would aspire yeah, it's, to. It's not as intense, I guess. Yeah. It retains the certain kind of like, uh, I mean, ambiance is right there in the title. Yeah, it retains yeah. a certain like, uh, like serenity that the original piece has, mm. but it just brings the kind of lead instrument part, um, into a more, uh, and then it just like injects some intensity into the serenity. Mm. Like it all is such like a, it doesn't make any sense to describe it. But yeah. On, on paper, this shouldn't work. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's bizarre, but it really does. And so I personally, I really love the, just the real crisp sounds that he gets from that lead guitar part. I love the uh, background composition as well. And I think that it holds together really nicely. I'm not sure how to describe this one. It's just such an enigma. But uh, again, if anybody has good descriptive words after they listen to it, then uh, feel free to hit us up because this is just such like a such a uh, a puzzling wall of sound in a way. <laughs> um, so yeah, here it is, submerged in ambiance by the Distortionist from Overclocked Remix. Go ahead and make up your own minds about it.
only have one track left for today, but before we play that, please do remember to venture over to our forum at candlemans.com forum, where you can request tracks for, uh, for future playing on this show. Or you can get in contact with us on Twitter, at Canelmans. And uh, we also have a Facebook page and probably still a Google+. Plus. I'd imagine that still exists out there somewhere. But on any of our web presence locations, you can request tracks for Sound of Play. And we will continue to play a selection of those in each regular show in the future. Please also subscribe to Sound of Play and Canon Rinse if you haven't already. And if you were to leave us an iTunes review or rating, then we do very much appreciate that. Uh, I would like to thank James for joining me again on this show. An absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. As well as all of our community contributors. Anyways, we have one track left today, and this is a request from the Green Flea from our forum, who says, Blue Dragon is an interesting game, if anything can be said about it. A JRPG with an interesting dynamic as each character has a sort of soul in the form of a dragon that will come out and perform attacks. I enjoyed the gameplay a lot, but the story and characters were at best vanilla and more often than not grating and annoying. This is the first game by Mistwalker and Nobuo Uematsu, one of my favorite composers up there with John Williams and Danny Elfman, did the music. The best part of my experience was when you reached a boss battle and got this genre-shifting music that sounds nothing like any other Uematsu song. The lyrics are ridiculous and barely make sense, however, because of all of that, it sticks in your head and amps you up for the fight. I will still occasionally send the YouTube link to friends who are familiar with it just because it pops in my head. I thoroughly enjoy the song, even though I may never play the game again. And yes, this is Eternity Boss Battle Theme by Nobuo Uematsu from Blue Dragon. And this is another uh, a very kind of metal-infused track. This <laughs> one sounds a little bit more traditional, kind of like, uh, like, it sounds a lot like an Iron Maiden song, actually. Maybe it's just the singer kind of puts me in that mindset. Um, no, but it's definitely yeah, like it definitely kind of has metal. that, yeah. that, yeah, that like new wave British heavy metal or, uh, or even a little bit thrashy type of sound to it, but it's, uh, also a little bit silly in the way that a lot of Japanese metal is, which I don't mean to be dismissive. Like I actually mm. really like that about Japanese metal. I think that metal is at its best when it's a little self-aware <laughs> Yeah, a little sense of humor to it. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and even even back to Iron Maiden, there was a there was a self awareness there with the yeah, sure. the way the music was promoted and the overblown style of the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so this is a a big bombastic song, and uh, it's one that I kind of went into like there's a certain expectation that I have for especially Japanese composed metal songs for video games in that they're going to be like something that's worth kind of laughing over and not much else. But I was surprised that like, I actually kind of got into this one <laughs> as I listened to it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's kind of surprisingly catchy once you, once you give it a little bit of time to, to grow on you. So anyways, that is uh, eternity boss battle theme by Nobuo Uematsu from blue dragon. And we thank you for joining us and uh, we'll see you again next time.
I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long That even my mama thinks that my mind is gone But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it He be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking Or you and your homies might be lined in chalk I really hate the trip, but I got a low At the croak, I see myself in the pistol smoke Ooh, I'm the kind of cheetah, little homies wanna be like On my knees in the night, their prayers in the street line